endocannabinoid system. The American Journal of Endocannabinoid Medicine welcomes you to AGEM Live. On today's episode... What are the effects in males versus females? Do the cannabinoids behave differently? We know that there are a lot of differences in the cannabinoid system between males and females, so it would be unsurprising if these endocannabinoid modulators wouldn't induce different effects in males and females. Hello, this is AGEM Live, where we interview physicians on the front lines of endocannabinoid medicine and the scientists behind the industry's top research trials. I'm AGEM correspondent Larry Luxner, reporting from the 4th International Annual Congress of Controversies on Cannabis-Based Medicines in Frankfurt, Germany. Our guest today is Dr. Michelle Roche, an Associate Professor of Physiology at the University of Galway on Ireland's West Coast. A basic scientist, Dr. Roche is interested in how the endocannabinoid system controls emotion, mood, and pain. Her postdoc was working with endocannabinoid system in pain, and her lab specializes in how the system regulates mood, emotions, and pain. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Larry. Let's start uh, by talking about your uh, particular field of interest, which is um, autism. And uh, you mentioned that uh, autism is now prevalent in one out of every 44 children. Is this worldwide? Is it specific to Europe, the United States, or is this just a general number? So this number has steadily been increasing over the last decade or so for a number of different reasons, changes in the diagnostic criteria for autism, etc. But yeah, our recent estimates indicate that it's roughly about 1 in 44, particularly in Western society, in the US and Europe. Um, there will be some variation in that, but yeah, the current estimates indicate that it's at this prevalence rate at the moment. Risk factors include advanced parental age, uh, etiology of ASD, genetic and environmental factors. They're genetic. There are many, many different factors that can influence the incidence. Uh, age may be one of them. It has been proposed. But there are many different factors. There are genetics, many genetic factors. There are environmental factors. There are epigenetic factors. So many things have actually been implicated as risk factors, but we really don't know what contribution any one of these particular factors has at the moment. So we still have quite a lot of research to do in on understanding the etiology of autism. Right. And the uh, cost of treating autism spectrum disorder, of course, is rising dramatically. Rising dramatically, mainly because the, you know, the diagnosis is steadily increasing. So managing symptoms you know, is steadily increasing also. However, some individuals manage quite well with, you know, behavioral therapy or behavioral modifications, but for other individuals, they may require some pharmacological interventions, and it's well recognized that there are a lack of specific pharmacological interventions for individuals that may require them in order to help manage their symptoms. Right, and I believe you did say there's a pressing need for pharmacological tools to, to manage autism. There is, because there are, at the moment, no pharmacological tools specifically designed to manage symptoms for autism. What is used currently are off-target medications for other indications. So, as a result, we need some specific pharmacological tools that in combination with other treatments like behavioral therapy can help benefit and help manage symptoms for ASD individuals. And the cannabinoid system poses a potential therapeutic target in that regard. 
and may be beneficial for some individuals. Now, because uh, by its very name, autism is is on a spectrum. Uh, there are many manifestations of autism. Mm-hmm. Some some patients are severe. Some are not so severe. Mm-hmm. So um, it it to me would raise a challenge of kind of uh, how do you treat something that's so varied uh, that could vary so much from one from one kid to the next. Absolutely, there is a huge spectrum. As with many diseases, there you know right. there's a whole spectrum of disorders. Again, I'm a neuroscientist. I'm a basic scientist. You're deciding on what level as somebody should be prescribed a cannabis-based medicine or any other medication is not for me to say, but rather to say that you know the evidence is stacking up, that there are changes within the endogenous cannabinoid, this endocannabinoid system, within individuals with ASD. And for some of those, this might provide a therapeutic target for those that may not have any other options that may be finding symptoms very difficult to manage or their their parents, their their community, etc. You know, it may provide. But we're at very early stages in, in, in this process. Um, you know, and while there's anecdotal reports and some clinical trials, some very small clinical trials being conducted, we are still at a really early stage in understanding how or when treatment may be of benefit to these individuals. How long have we known that, that, that cannabis might be beneficial to autism? There have been anecdotal reports for roughly about 10 years or more now at this stage, but like that, it's only really in the last five years or so that clinical and trials are starting to be uh, undertaken and some of the data is, is promising that's coming through from these but again like I said it's early days but you know individual case studies etc they're all building up to, to provide some evidence that this might be a potential a target. So at, at this point most of these are, are animal studies right? So there are some animal studies that are backing it up there's you know there's data f- over the last oh, 15 odd years to show that the cannabinoid system plays a key role in modulating social behavior, um, in modulating repetitive behaviors, in communication, and all of these are known to be impaired in, uh, in ASD individuals. So there's a lot of preclinical data in that regard. There's also some preclinical data looking at endocannabinoid modulators, etc., within preclinical models of ASD, and they've shown quite promising effects also. But again, it's quite early days right. and a lot more studies need to be done. You, you mentioned something, and I, I believe you said something about a reduced CB1 receptor expression in post-mortem brains of individuals with autism. There are changes within the endocannabinoid system in CB2 receptors, FAG expression, etc., within the plasma. But again, these are clinical data that's been have, have been there repeated a, a few times. But it's been known for about ten years that there are changes within the plasma and PBMCs uh, within right. ASD individuals. And you did say something to the effect that most of the studies that have been conducted till now are, are one-time, one-off administrations of these modulators, that stu- most of the studies have not looked at, at long-term repeated administrations. 
For the preclinical studies, yes. So many of them have looked at an acute administration of various different endocannabinoid modulators. So they're mostly acute administrations, and they've shown beneficial effects, which has been quite promising. Um, but in my talk, I just wanted to highlight some of the outstanding questions that we have within the preclinical field. So what are the effects of repeated administration? We really don't know. We don't have that data yet. What are the effects in males versus females? You know, are they, do the cannabinoids behave differently? We know that they're quite different, a lot of differences in the cannabinoid uh, system between males and females. So it, it would be unsurprising if these endocannabinoid modulators wouldn't induce different effects in males and females. So these were just some of the outstanding questions that still need to be addressed both preclinically and clinically. How similar are the brains of rodents and humans that you could possibly translate that data to apply to, to people? So, you know, a rodent's brain is, is different, of course, by nature, but many of the circuits that underlie some of the behaviors, like sociability, like repetitive behaviors, learning, memory, many of the circuits are quite similar between the two, and this is what makes rod make rodents quite a good model in order to study the underlying neurobiology that may be altered in many conditions like mood, uh, ASD, uh, depression, pain, etc. This is why we use preclinical animals in order to study these particular changes. And so some of these experiments you're using specific techniques like a water maze, right? Yeah, so if you were interested in learning a memory, that may be a, a, one of the tests that you may use, yeah. I see. Okay, uh, just one question, and this is, of course, not a basic science question, but what's the general attitude about, about treating children with autism in general, uh, treating children with cannabis? Children with cannabis, yeah, yes. it, it's, a, it's a hot topic. It's something that really needs to be considered because we really don't know what the long-term impacts may have with cannabis, but... Like I said, there are more things than just treating with cannabis. Cannabis itself, as as you well know, I'm sure, you know, it's it's a multifaceted plant. It's got so many different constituents, many cannabinoids, terpenes, etc. And one cannabis strain is very different from the other. So treating with cannabis could be, you know, is very different than modulating the endogenous cannabinoid system, which is the type of work that we're interested in looking at in a more selective manner. Dr. Roche, thank you so much for speaking with us. Appreciate okay. your time. Thank you. If you haven't registered or subscribed to AGEM yet, please do so now. You're helping to bridge the education gap by bringing peer-reviewed research and scientific evidence from around the world directly to physicians' inboxes. For more information, please visit us at endocannabinoidmedicine.com. Thank you for listening. CBD. Anandamide. Endocannabinoid deficiency. THC. CBG. Cannabis. The bliss molecule. CB1 receptor. Research. Tinctures. Homeostasis.